0: no purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Been moving all around the Taipei area. Oh, this always feels good. It's 5.30 in the afternoon here in Kathmandu, Nepal. Okay, just a few hundred steps to go and I'm at the top of the platform here of Slamuna at the Monkey Temple. I was drinking a mixture of beer, a rice wine, and I am really feeling it now. I am up at 3.30 in the morning. Two Go to a tuna auction. I am here in Mumbai, India. And I'm here in Tokyo, Japan for Sakura, the cherry blossoms. It's 7.45 in the morning here in Phnom Penh, and I'm just going to try to cross the street. I'm going to try on a crosswalk. It's 6.15 in the morning, and I think I'm one of the only people in Top Pram. This is Tomb Raider Temple. Hi, I'm John Sabo, and this is the Far East Travels Podcast. Hey there, it's John Sabo coming to you from Ho Chi Minh, Vietnam. And in this episode of the Far East Travels podcast, I've got a special guest. Jesse Newgarten is the founder of Dollar Flight Club, and he's going to be joining us from Seattle and sharing with us some awesome ways to save just like a ton of money on flights. Because, you know, we are going to be traveling at some point again, and Jesse's going to be joining us and sharing that and some other info on getting the best deals out there for the future. Okay, so uh, I'm in, obviously, Ho Chi Minh. I've been here for a while, and um, you know, it's not looking like uh, anytime soon that they're going to open up Vietnam or any of these other countries, uh, you know, to foreigners for travel. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, Vietnam is now currently, as of uh, the 23rd of April, they've obviously uh, relaxed, some of the social distancing measures and you can already feel that I'm feeling it in the city that uh, you know things are starting to get back to normal they're going to put a push on uh, tourism for Vietnamese uh, over the course of the next number of weeks or months and then I think what the plan is it seems anyways from some of the things that I've read that they will start to open up Two countries that have similar COVID-19 case amounts uh, and, and then they will partner with those countries. So I'm, I'm assuming if it's a country, say, like Cambodia, that has a low count, um, then they may start opening up the borders uh, with uh, with Cambodia or perhaps some other countries within the region and then start building it up from there. But they're obviously going to be looking for partners that have uh, really good uh, low case rates or no case rates of COVID-19, like a a perfect partner for Vietnam would be Taiwan right now. (laughs) Actually, Taiwan would be a good partner for anybody right now. So that's the situation here. So, you know, over the next uh, several weeks, I'm going to be trying to reach out and uh, get some feelings on what's going to be happening in the future with travel and, you know, some of the experts out there that sort of are tapped into the industries and see uh, where they see things going it's not going to be easy in the near future but hopefully not too far down the road uh, we'll be all uh, out there traveling again so jesse newgarden is the founder of dollar flight club he's based in seattle and he has a membership-based service that offers outstanding flight deals for clients and he's been quoted and mentioned in all kinds of publications, including Condé Nast Traveler and CNN Travel and a bunch of other uh, travel-based websites. Uh, and uh, Jesse is going to share with us uh, some very cool information today. Jesse joins us from Seattle. Hey, Jesse, how you doing? You're in Seattle. Yes, yes I am. Can you, uh, be- because we're all kind of dying here for some travel inspiration right now because we're all kind of... I wouldn't say locked down, but we're all kind of limited to what we can do and where we can go. Can you give me just like a perfect day for you in Seattle, like a place you would like to go for coffee or a walk or dinner or something like that, just to kind of tempt us, uh, give us a little bit of uh, inspiration uh, via Seattle?
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, I think one of the best things to do is a uh, run around Lake Union and then a uh, coffee break in uh, Ballard uh on just a beautiful summer day uh in Seattle when it's sunny cuz you don't get uh, too many of those yeah and that's just the best uh and you know i'd say that's number 1 uh a
0: favorite place to go eat
1: yeah uh there's just so many great ones uh
0: there's the really great right f- there's really great food in Seattle and really great seafood too like they have amazing seafood restaurants there
1: I know I mean some my some of my favorite places are up in Ballard actually like north of Seattle a bit uh, where they have a ton a ton of breweries um, and a ton of great food uh, you know just along the canals um, and it's just so nice in the summer uh, just to be outside there
0: that's so cool so you are the founder of Dollar Flight Club and we're gonna get into sort of the, all the specifics of what uh, the Dollar Flight Club actually does and offers for uh, subscribers, but uh, first, I just wanted to kind of get into what inspired you to get into the the uh, you know being an entrepreneur in the in the travel sector because uh, I mean I find most people that do anything entrepreneurial wise are doing it because there's a passion. So obviously you have a passion for travel, and I understand it was kind of inspired by your trip to Nepal in 2015 during the uh, terrible earthquakes.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, You know, I mean, it started way before that, to be honest. Uh, I mean, I grew up in Cape Town, South Africa. I lived there for 12 years or so. Uh, And, you know, I had been traveling, you know, I was lucky enough to be able to travel a lot with my family, uh, you know, back and forth to the U.S. because we have family all over the world. Um, and that's really where it started, uh, you know, just traveling so much, so young. Uh, and then, you know, after that, you know, I kind of became the person that family and friends would reach out to, to ask about, you know, you know, how to find the best deals. You know, they would always reach out to me and be like, Hey, Jess, can you need take a look for me? Uh, and then, you know, I became an expert, you know, just really doing that for myself and just helping my friends and family. Uh, and then, you know. Coming up to, you know, Nepal, uh, you know, we're stuck there in the earthquake, uh, you know, it was really a scary time, I, you know, I came back from that, you know, really inspired to, you know, help people kind of see more of the world. And, you know, it was just inspired to, you know, start something there. Uh, and that's kind of where the journey began.
0: Yeah, you said you were. It was really important for you to share your knowledge, and uh, I mean, I think all of us. I, I happen to be there around the same time as you, as well, or shortly after you left, and I was there for the second largest earthquake, and then two, three weeks after that, and you know, to see that kind of def- devastation, and then on top of that, to see how the Nepali people handled it. Like, uh, you know, I spoke to some people that worked for the Canadian Armed Forces that were there doing relief work, and they said there's absolutely no way Canadians would ever be able to deal with such adversity. And these people are just so strong. They're just kind of like they've lost their homes and everything, and they're just dusting themselves off and starting all over again. So did did that sort of have any kind of effect on you as well, just how people were handling the situation there?
1: Yeah, I mean, they just handled it so well, and they were so poised. I mean, the, the most amazing thing for me was... You know, we were, we were travelers and tourists there, you know, with them kind of going through this experience in some way. You know, obviously, most of them have lost, you know, way more than we did. Uh, but, you know, they took care of us, you know, a- as well as they could, um, you know, even when, you know, their homes, you know, had been you know, essentially destroyed. You know, they, they cared for us, um, you know, as much-, as much as they could. So I thought that was one of the most amazing things.
0: That's so cool. Now, you you said that, uh, you know, a lot of family and friends were always seeking advice from you on how to get the best travel deal. Like, have you always been the travel hunter? Has it been kind of a budget thing? Is that why you kind of became an expert in that area?
1: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, throughout high school and then moving into college, uh, you know, in college, you don't really have that much money to to travel. Uh, So, and I really wanted to, It was obviously a passion of mine. So, uh, that's really what I did, you know, all spring breaks, uh, summer vacations, you know, that's what I did I was trying to help my friends and family find the best deals, especially my friends. So we can go on spring break trips. Uh, and I was the person who would always be booking those flights for my friends. Uh, and that's kind of where, you know, it came to me, you know, always wanted to be in the travel industry, loved it, you know, f- for so long, uh, I wanted to start my own company Uh, and you know, this, this idea came to me where, you know, the subscription space is really blowing up across the board, uh, with so many companies, uh, who were just focusing on the subscription model. And I had seen that it really hadn't been done in the travel industry. You know, you see these mainly it's, it's commission models where you see kayak Expedia, you know, those types of places where they work on the commission model and, and they're incentivized to, uh, you know, upsell you on flights. You know, the difference with us is. You know, we're a subscription model, so we're not here to upsell you on flights. We are here to um, just find you the best deals. Uh, and that's really where the passion came from and the idea uh, sprung from.
0: Have you ever been a points guy? Have you been one of those guys that knows how to rack up the airline points to get free tickets?
1: Yes, I, yes exactly. That's also one of the other things. Uh, you know, I really did that for most of college and then also... You know, I still do that now, but really, that started was when uh, you know my uh, girlfriend, uh, you know, was one year uh, younger than me in college, and I graduated, and then I was living in Philadelphia while she was in uh, Ohio for college, and I needed to figure out ways to travel back and forth to see her and not spend all my money, and uh, airline points was the way to do it. So <laughs> I didn't pay for a flight for I think. The whole year but was able to go back and forth and she was able to come see me you know every month at least so wow it worked out really
0: well wow now have you got any crazy stories about like i've seen people like do these crazy loop flights like flying all around say the united states like stopping in three or four different places just so they could rack up the points they knew exactly how to game the system Did, have you got any kind mm-hmm. of crazy story like that how you you know gamed it so that you got a whole bunch of points
1: no, so I've never been one, one to do that. Uh, you know, I think people who do that are are the folks who are looking to get status on airlines. Right. And need those extra mile boosts. But for me, you know, I'm not really loyal to any airline. I'm just the guy who's trying to find the best deal. And I, I don't mind which airline I'm on. Uh, so I've never I've never had to do that. But I do know a lot of people that do. Um, and it definitely works. So. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I personally I'm not that person as well. I mean, I've had my favorite airlines, but you know, typically I'll just like, you know, go to an app like Skyscanner and just try to find the cheapest flight I can. I'm not really I don't have an allegiance uh, to any one airline. It's just who's going to give me the best deal and if there's, you know, not a lot of uh layovers. So how how does one become like there's a lot of intricacies to this and uh when I uh you know, when I look for you know, a flight uh, somewhere. I usually just go to an app like Skyscanner, but I might be missing out on something when I do that if I don't know, like, a strategic city that I can either leave from or go to. And you have some pretty uh, good tips on, you know, not being or being flexible on a city that now not everybody has this option, but but being a little bit more flexible on the city that you depart from. So tell me a little bit about that, because this can be really uh, helpful for some big metropolitan areas in the United States, especially.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would say, you know, when it comes to finding cheap flights, it's more than more of an art you know, than a science. It's really just playing around with the dates, the cities, um, the airlines. To, to really find that best deal, and you know what you what you mentioned is is you know we talk about it as alternate airports you know when we uh, when we mention it, and you know it's a great way to save money uh is if you choose a different airport to fly out of or into that might be in your area so you know say you live in uh you know uh, new york city uh you know there's three different airports to fly out of there uh, and major airports often often um have a lot more competition. So, you know, airlines are looking to get business by offering lower prices. So what you can do is, you know, it might even be more convenient and cheaper to travel out of an airport that could be, you know, an hour away from where you live. And you could save, you know, $500 doing that, you know, a flight from, you know, New York to, um, you know, Beijing could be, you know, five hundred dollars round trip out of uh, New York, and you know, twelve hundred out of JFK. Wow. So what it takes is just a few minutes. You know, hey, uh, you know, I know I live you know ten minutes from JFK, but I'm just going to go take a quick look at uh, New York to my destination. You know, that's one way where you can save a ton of money. Uh, you know, the other way, which you know works as well, and you know, we do talk about this in Europe. Europe travel a lot, but it can be applied directly to travel from the US, Canada, to Asia. Mm -hmm. And what you do here is, you know, say you're traveling out of Seattle, you know, there's, there's, there's flights from Seattle to to all across Asia. And, you know, what most people do is you just say, Oh, I want to go to, uh, you know, Seattle to Tokyo. So, or Seattle to Beijing. And what you're going to do is you're just going to fly, you know, you just look at that route. But what you can do in Asia is there's so many budget airlines that you can travel. Uh, from city to city, or take trains from city to city for thirty, forty, fifty dollars, uh, and you know we see that across Europe and across Asia uh, with place, with uh, airlines like Air Asia, for example. Yeah. So what you can do is you can fly into a city that's just a, you know a quick quick hop from from Beijing if Beijing's your final destination. You fly into that city for you know fifty percent less than you would into Beijing, and then you just book a train or you know an Air Asia flight into Beijing. And uh, you know, that'll cost you significantly less.
0: Yeah, and that's a really good tip. The only thing I would say on that is that make sure you've got enough uh, layover time so that you can make that connection all right because that is not going to be covered off if your flight is late. You're, the airline that you're flying on isn't going to cover off your budget airline, right? Um, So as long as you leave enough uh, leeway, but I mean, I think it's great to do something like that. And then say if you, you know, you're going to a a hub city or city that you're going to, you know, you can actually just, you know, stay overnight or something like that. A lot of these places, it's very easy to do that, like, say, Kuala Lumpur or Bangkok for, for a lot of people, Americans or... Uh, people from the UK or Canada, you know, in, in better times, in normal times, don't need a visa. Yeah. And it's, it's really easy to get a visa. So just on that note, um, you know, we are obviously in, uh, um, you know, desperate times or serious times right now for the travel industry. And, I mean, there is no international travel really industry really happening right now. And who knows when it's going to be. What are your thoughts on... You know, what's it going to take to get the international travel industry going uh, again? And, you know, maybe you've t- discussed this with some people in the business. I mean, are we all waiting for this vaccine? Is that really what's going to start up the industry again?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a great question. And it's a tough one to answer uh, because things are just so uncertain right now. Uh, but I think, you know, in terms of, you know, when things are going to get back to 100% normal, you know, when we can do exactly, you know, when travel will be the exact same it was, you know, back, you know, in January is we'll need a vaccine so that everything can get back to, to normal. But until that happens, which doesn't seem like that's happening for at least a year and a half or even two years, uh, you know, we're going to be gravitating towards, you know, what we're talking about as a new normal yeah. where air travel, you know, travel from the time you get to the airport and, you know, while you're in your destination is going to be significantly different. Uh, you know, it's going to take much longer at the airport. You know, travel is going to be a little less comfortable. I'd say especially on airplanes, uh, you know, there's going to be way more hoops to go through to get into into certain countries. Um, and, you know, while you're in countries, there's going to be a lot of social distancing in place, masks required. So I think travel will look a little different, uh, you know, international travel over the next few years. But I think you know, that's why a lot of people are turning towards domestic travel and, you know, traveling in your backyard. Because, you know, for example, here in the U.S., there's just you know there's so much to do um, in terms of national parks, things that are outdoors. Uh, but I think in terms of, you know, international travel, you know, we'll see that come back, uh, I think, uh, in September and and towards the end of the new year or the, ne- the end of the year. Uh, but. It's just going to be, I think, uh, much younger. Much younger people are going to be traveling much more, uh, and they're just going to have to take the precautions uh, that each country sets in place.
0: Yeah, unless they have a, 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 you know, an incredible testing system at the airports. You know, get off the plane or get on the before you get on the plane, you get a test you know when you arrive at the airport you get a test or there's some drugs that happen to come through that actually takes a lot of people out of the icu so so this this flu this this uh coronavirus or COVID 19 just becomes almost like another uh well not any worse than the standard flu unless something like that happens i totally agree with you i think uh Travel is going to look a lot different. There will be some opening up. Here where I'm at right now in Vietnam, the local government is already starting to promote travel within the country. And that's Mm -hmm. where they'll start, is they'll start to rebuild their tourism business with uh, local people and then I think eventually they'll look to other countries that have a similar low case of COVID nineteen, and then they'll partner with those countries. I think that's where you'll start to see it opening up, at least in this region in, in Southeast Asia or even perhaps uh, yeah. e- East Asia. That might be the case, but uh, but like you said, with the uh, situation uh, in the U.S. and other Western countries, not just the U.S., the U.K. and uh, you know Canada's not through it yet either. Um and uh Australia as well, that uh there you know, it's it's gonna be a long time before we see, you know, what we're used to, as you said, the, the 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 regular normal.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the most likely thing that's gonna happen is that the second you land in a new country, once the borders open, is you're gonna just get rapid COVID nineteen tested. And if you're good to go, they'll let you in the country. If you're not, they'll send you home. Yeah. Um I think that's the most likely thing that's gonna happen. Um you know the second most likely is that you'll get tested in your home like at the departure airport before you leave the country yeah uh so i think that's the most likely and um it just depends on you know e- i think each government uh because they're obviously you know uh working independently so
0: so i i mean i think this is it's you know i I've, I've been my uh productivity's been a little bit low the last two or three weeks on the podcast i'm usually quite prolific and releasing two or three episodes a week. But, you know, it becomes a little more challenging when you're trying to think of, okay, well, what do people want to hear right now? Because if they can't go anywhere, you know, what what do they want to listen Do they want to listen to uh, about a place that they can't go to or they can't even see themselves going to for a year or two? But I think it's good to talk about this stuff because at least we start – you know, we start uh, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, I think, when we start talking about, you know, what's going to happen or, you know, even speculating what's going to happen. But let's just uh, go back to the Sky Scanner thing for a sec, because what I think is uh, w- where I see the value is in, in in something like that you offer or other, you know, travel providers offer is is the expertise and. You know with an app like Skyscanner it's great you know it it does make you independent you don't need anybody else you don't have to pay anything and you can deal directly with the airline you just simply go in and you put in your uh, departure uh, and your destination and then you know the dates that you want and then it just spits out you know all of the options that you have but it you know like I like we were talking about before, unless you know the intricacies of you know what cities are better to fly into or leave from, that uh, that doesn't really help. So you know what I what I what I see the value in uh, what you offer is is the expertise um, that uh, there's like you said it's kind of an art to doing this. So um, what can you like uh, because a lot of uh, listeners of the Far East Travels podcast uh, you know are are asian travelers or they like to travel to asia what are some things that people could uh you know you have some really good ideas about europe and we should mention those uh as well but as far as asia goes any any other kinds of tips that people should keep in mind uh, when they're setting up their uh you know trip across the pond or ponds to uh, asia
1: yeah definitely i mean i think right now you know as you mentioned it's definitely a tough time i mean you know Everyone, you know, all those tra- all the travelers around the world are definitely antsy. Uh, and I think right now is just the, the best time to, you know, you can't travel. It's just not safe or, or socially responsible to do so yet. Uh, but I think what is good to be doing right now is, is really planning, you know, your next adventure um, or your future trips um, and, you know, still getting joy out of that. Uh, Because, you know, at the end of the day, right now is one of the best times to book airfare for the end of this year or early 2021, you know, than we've ever seen in the past, you know, 20 years, I'd say, Uh, you know, airfare is, you know, up to 35% cheaper than it was, uh, you know, in January uh, of this year. Yeah. And airlines are offering, you know, the most lenient cancellation and refund and change policies than they ever have in the history or as at least in the last 20, 30 years. So, you know, any travel you book, you know, this month uh, for uh, up till April, 2021, uh, you know, you can uh, cancel uh, or change that, you know, free of charge if your travel plans change. So, you know, I think that's kind of what, what we're telling people to do um, is just kind of keep dreaming, keep booking, uh, you know, right now. and, you know, in terms of uh, travel to Asia, uh, you know, there's you know, a few things that we think about, you know, what, what have we mentioned before is the alternate airports, you know, uh, you know, if you live in San Diego, for example, you know, check LAX as a departure airport, because there's way more competition at LAX than uh, in San Diego. You know, it's a few hour drive, or you can take the train up there for an hour and a half, and there's way more competition there. So you're going to see significantly less fares. From LAX to Asia, uh, to across Asia, and you know we see a lot of fares from you know three hundred dollars round trip, uh, you know across across the ocean there. That is insane. So that
0: one. that is crazy. I've never I've never gotten away with paying three hundred bucks to cross the Pacific before ever. That is insane. Now now how far out do you have to book something like that?
1: Yeah, so you know what we what we look at is based on the data the best window to book. Uh, flights that are this discounted is between uh, three and four months in advance. Okay. You know, um, yeah. The average fare prices tend to rise you know, as that departure uh, date gets closer. And you know, another major thing here is booking on the weekend can be up to 60% cheaper in comparison to a Thursday or Friday, which are the most expensive day book flights. So I would recommend just not doing it on Thursday or Friday.
0: Now why is that? Like tell me why is why does it cost you more to book the same flight on Thursday or Friday than it does on Saturday or Sunday?
1: Yeah, so at the end of the day, you know the airlines, these pricing systems, they're not like, you know, back in the day where they were much more manual and people were putting these prices in. They're just they're so they're just these massive backend systems of data that are reacting to supply and demand. And that's really what they are at the end of the day, it's a supply and demand system. So more people on Thursday or Friday are looking for flights at the end of the week. They wanna take a vacation, they're tired from work. So there's more people actively looking and booking on those days. And on the weekend, they're not doing that as much. So So what you're seeing is less demand. So what that does is it, it decreases prices.
0: So weekends one of the best times to book flights, and then uh, I, I recall you in something you had said before. Tuesday was a, a good day to book flights as well. Is that right? Still, or mm-hmm.
1: yeah, that's another great good day. So it's the weekend and Tuesdays.
0: So. Um, that, that, i mean that's uh, that's amazing uh advice and then of course the uh the cities uh that you were telling me about about uh, you know try, you know being strategic about the city that you depart from uh the other thing that i was going to mention uh and and what are your thoughts on this I, I don't think you i necessarily you know these last minute deals like i don't I, if you want to specifically go somewhere you have a destination in mind whether it's you know, Beijing or Tokyo or wherever that waiting to the last minute's not necessarily going to save you some money.
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, That almost never happens. I think in air travel, that way it's the last minute, you know, it's, it's never really gonna, you're never going to get a better deal waiting for the last minute. It just doesn't work like that. Um, You know, we, that's why we tell people, you know, to book you know as soon as they see a deal that's worth booking, because um, that's their best shot at, at booking the best fare. Uh, have you had any success with uh, you know last minute flights?
0: No, actually, yeah, like, I, I you know I usually it, the the longer I wait, the more I pay. It just it just yeah. always works out that way. Even like here within Asia, um, I don't think I've ever. Uh, saved money. You know, if I saw uh like say a flight, I don't know, somewhere in Southeast Asia, fifty bucks to Bangkok or something like that where I am now. And if okay. I if I if I wait uh you know four more days, is it going to go down in price? No, it's just gonna go up. They never go down. The only time uh I personally uh will get a deal like that is if it is I I, I am I don't have a destination in mind and I just simply go through something. Okay, here's the last minute deals round trip to this for this and you leave like in two days or something like that that's about the only time i ever see you getting a good deal on anything but you can't pick those places those are just you know whatever they have that they're trying to clear out you know if they have some flight scheduled and you know i don't know uh and and they just want to offload uh, the seats that they have but mm-hmm. but if you have a, a personally i just find if you have a destination of mine i think you're And you really want to go to that place? uh, I think you got to book it out. Like uh, I I usually tell people I know, like three months.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, as as just an example, right now uh, I've just you know I pulled up a deal in our system. Say you want to go from LA to Hong Kong, you know, next week. Uh, What it's going to cost you is it's going to cost you nine hundred dollars round trip on American Airlines nonstop. But if you book that flight in July. Uh, say you want to go July 6th through July 16th, that's $356 round trip. Wow. In, on uh, American. So you can see that even just looking two months in advance, how much that drops. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing here last minute to Asia that you're going to see this week that's a good deal. So that's just an example.
0: So tell me also about these, I'm really curious to hear more about these business flight crazy prices that you've uncovered for people before.
1: Yeah. Uh, You know, so we we launched a business class product uh, last year uh, because we just didn't see it in the market. And I think a lot of people are really interested in those types of deals. And to be honest, it's a really similar process uh, that with these economy flights. Uh, it's a similar process. It just wasn't being done before. Uh, So we're just able to, uh, you know, we we use a lot of partner data that we bring in uh, with our team of of, uh, deal experts um, to uncover these business class and first class fairs. uh, You know, and these ones are focused uh, from the US uh, to Europe, Asia, uh, South America and Central America.
0: Well, yeah, and and so what, tell me some of the prices because I was just blown away when I heard uh, some of these deals that you were uncovering for people.
1: Uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, some of, most of the time we're finding these these round trips to if you're speaking about uh, from the U.S. to Asia. Yeah, you know, we're finding a lot uh, from you know major airports in the U.S. You know, for fourteen hundred to sixteen hundred dollars round trip in business and first class. Uh, that's really the sweet spot. Uh, that we're sending out, uh, the most we'll send out a deal in business or first class is a few is like two thousand US dollars round trip yeah. uh, to Europe or Asia, um, which you know a lot of these usually cost you know upwards of four thousand dollars round trip. So for the, for, the, for the person who's looking to fly in uh, you know those business and first class seats, you know, and wants to get th- that mileage there, um, you know, for for a great cost, uh, it works out really nicely.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh you know, so it's a it's, uh, I mean, obviously uh, it's a, a huge opportunity. I mean, these some of these uh uh business flights can be $5,000, you know, from Los Angeles to Hong Kong. So, um yeah, I mean, that's that's coming close to just like a almost like a you know, a, a premium economy seat for that price and you get so much more.
1: No, exactly. Um exactly. I mean, we we waited too long, too long to launch the product but uh you know people really enjoy it so glad we did
0: okay any advantages to you know if if people are traveling you know whether they're traveling through to Europe or through to Asia is as, is as using uh the uh airlines out of uh the Middle East uh that maybe use Dubai or Qatar as as a hub is there any advantage there do you ever see those uh um, mm-hmm. Gateways as uh, places that you know are good options for people
1: uh, yes, I mean, I think you know the Qatar Emirates, you know those airlines are i mean some of the best airlines in the world with the newest and nicest planes, uh, and those airports over there are just uh, are breathtaking uh, if you haven't been there before. but I will say that if you're flying from the u s to Asia, uh, in my experience. Uh, flying on those Middle Eastern airlines that route you through uh, the Middle East are significantly more expensive uh, than going the other direction. Okay. Uh, So going through the West Coast um, of the U.S., you know, from Vancouver, Seattle, L.A., San Francisco, uh, is going to be much cheaper. Um, I think there's just more airlines that operate those routes that direction as opposed to going, you know, east from the U.S., Uh, but you know, if you really want to travel on those on those airlines, uh, you know, I think it's everyone should at least once because uh, you know they definitely have, uh, I think, another level of service in comparison to to the U.S. airlines. I would say. <laughs>
0: And then tell me, like, you know, when, when you know, say you're offering, because I know people are going to be listening to this going, oh, yeah, you can save on these, you know, you get these flights, but it's like a 40-hour layover, and there's like three different stops and that. Is that always the case, uh, to get those cheap, like, three or $400 airfares?
1: No, it's, it's, it's really never the case. Usually those are going to be much more expensive, because you're going to go on three flights. Uh, but the deals that we send out are, at most, one, one stop. Uh, so, you know, you're going to see nonstop or one-stop deals to get these types of fares. Uh, you know, we, 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 are not going to send out a deal that we wouldn't take ourselves. We're not going to take, you know, a three stop flight, uh, you know, with 10 hour layers in each one. Um, unless we're trying to get to, you know, maybe some, you know, super remote destination like Lukla or something. Right. Uh, right. we're not going to do it. So, um, yeah, these deals, you don't need to, you know, I know, what people have generally thought is that, Hey, to go to Europe, to go to Asia from the U S you know, I have to spend $1,200 round trip. I have to spend a thousand dollars and it's going to take me forever. That's not the case. That's, you know, that's one of our goals is we're just trying to educate people that, you know, the airlines and these major booking systems platforms are, you know, they, they've conditioned you to say, this is a good deal when it's actually not. The good deals are 300, 400, $500 round trips. These destinations, or these well-known destinations. Um, and it's not its not tough to get there. So you just and, have to take the time to look.
0: And then tell me about the mistake price flights.
1: Yeah. Uh, so the mistake fares are, you know, are, are, are amazing. I mean, they don't happen every day. You know, we usually see this happen maybe once or twice a month where the airline systems, because they're just so, the airline pricing systems, because they're just so complicated and complex. Uh, that they make a mistake, where, for example, you know, last year we we had a deal from uh, Houston, San Francisco, and L.A. to Sydney, Australia, for three hundred ninety-six dollars round trip. Wow! And that was just a mistake fare, and and really, what happens is the airline forgets to put you know a fourth digit on that on that um, on that fare, so it should have been thirteen hundred and ninety-six bucks, but. It was just $396, and the fare is out for four or five hours until they they realize it. Uh, We're able to identify that and and send it to our members. And, you know, I think those are some of the best to get. Um, But, you know, the only thing about those is sometimes, you know, I think maybe 50, 40% of the time, the airline doesn't really want to honor that. Uh, most of the time they do, but sometimes they don't honor it, and they say, hey, this is a mistake, uh, we're going to refund you, you know, sorry. So yeah. we recommend if anyone books those, it's just hold off, you know, 48 hours until you book any hotels or any non-refundable activities uh, before, well, until you get that confirmation email. So,
0: Oh, that's really good advice. So um, just, mm-hmm. ki- just kind of wrapping it up, um, so what you're saying is, you know, hey, uh, I mean, by the end of the year, things could change. It's not a bad idea to start looking at flights, especially uh, you know, towards the end of the year or as you said, even like a year out, like next April. And uh mm-hmm. but what should people do when they're, you know, starting to plan and go, Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna plan this. Obviously you wanna have uh, a way out of this ticket, right?
1: Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, I mean there's a few things there. I think absolutely booking for later this year or early twenty twenty one um is is a good move for a few reasons one is the airfare is insanely cheap at the moment for those dates Uh, number two is if you do book you can cancel or get a travel waiver uh, for that fare if you don't want to go that you can use for two years after that ticket so you have a lot of flexibility there Um, and if the airline does go ahead and cancel that flight for any reason because you can't travel to that destination, they're going to—they're entitled by the de- Department of Transportation here in the U.S. to give you a full refund. Um, what I would say is to kind of protect yourself. The number one thing is to always book directly with the airline. So if you find a deal somewhere, um, say it's on Delta, you know, don't book through a third-party site. Book directly with delta.com totally. or American airlines.com.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree with Can you on you? that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you don't, um, you're going to have a much harder time if you do need to cancel or you do need a travel waiver or something happens with the flight. Um, because it just they're, they're two different systems and it's tough when you get in that situation. So that's the number one thing I tell people. If you're booking a flight right now, make sure it's directly with the airline uh, because you're not going to have any trouble um, with that. So.
0: OK, cool. Now. What I think you do is really cool. I think you save people not only money, but a lot of time. And I think for anybody to master this, it's going to take them a lot of time to to master finding the best flights. And and a lot of people just don't have the time. They'd rather, you know, pay somebody something and get them to do it for them. But we're kind of almost out of the age of travel agents, uh, you know, in the way, you know, we would have known them maybe 20 years ago. So tell me how exactly Dollar Flight Club works.
1: Yeah, of course. And, I mean, you hit it right, you know, the nail on the head there is, you know, what we're doing is we're essentially bringing the travel agent back by creating a personalized experience for you, um, you know, online and, and more of the digital age. Um, you know, what we do is we send instant alerts about the world's cheapest flight deals leaving your home airports, where we save our members uh, $500 on average per flight. And the way it works is you sign up you pick your departure airport uh, and you watch your email for uh, deal alerts and then you book that dream vacation. Uh, essentially, we're going to email you the best deals, leaving those home airports for you to book.
0: Cool. And uh, we'll leave a link in the show notes as well so people can check out the uh, Dollar Flight Club website. So wh- wh- where's your wh- what's on your bucket list these days?
1: Yeah, so for me... It is uh, Greece and Australia. Those are the next two ones on on the list.
0: And uh, I know that you were, you'd mentioned uh, you you know you traveled through Africa. You were born and raised in, in South Africa, and you've traveled through a lot of countries mm-hmm. in 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 Africa. Maybe like one of your your top one or two travel experiences that you could share with us outside of the the Nepal uh, uh, adventure.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think one of them oh, specifically. I guess in South Africa is safari. Um, you know, those are some of my best memories there, uh, is just, you know, being in the game reserve on, on the Jeep, the the open door Jeep, you know, watching, you know, lions sitting, you know, 10 or 15 feet away, you know, a, a massive herd of them, um, or not herd, but a massive group of them. And I think, you know, if, if, if you can get on one of those safaris, uh, you know, that's something you'll never, never forget. Uh, I think that's kind of one of my, one of my favorite memories there.
0: That's cool. So I think the, the sort of the summation here is, you know, we're not traveling right now, but start thinking about it by the end of the year. Hopefully within a year, you know, things will start opening up again. Jesse Newgarten, uh, Dollar Flight Club. Thank you so much, my friend.
1: Yeah, no, thanks so much for having me. It's great.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the podcast and uh, special thanks to Jesse Newgarten of dollar flight club. And Jesse has been so kind. He is offering free one year memberships for far East travel podcast listeners. So in the show notes, there is a special uh, link and promo code. So just use that and you can sign up for dollar flight club for one year for free. Very cool. You can also support the Far East Travels podcast by becoming a patron. Patrons get access to exclusive content and also help to uh, keep the podcast rolling and and other things. And I hope you uh, are enjoying the uh, COVID-19 video series on YouTube as well. You also support the YouTube channel with your monthly pledge. So there'll be also a link in the show notes if you want to follow that link and uh, help out. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, You can also connect with me on Facebook. I always uh, love hearing from people on Facebook, Far East Travels, or the Far East Travels podcast Facebook page, or John Sabo Official, or on Instagram, John Sabo's Far East Travels. And then just send me an email, too. I always love getting emails from podcast listeners. John at Travels.com. Thanks so much. I hope you are staying safe and you and your family are healthy and staying home as much as you can in the next little while. And until next time, I wish you in the near future, hopefully safe travels and always namaste.